My name's Rad, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Welcome back to a energonorific episode of Transformers Tuesdays. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight for this special Christmas episode of Transformers Tuesdays. And joining me tonight is one of my fellow Transformers enthusiasts. Why don't you give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Hey, it's Mike, and saving Christmas is only logical. I think I think it only is. So yeah, so what, what we plan tonight is we're going to be talking about several Transformers Christmas-related stories, and two of them are going to be from the United Kingdom Marvel Comics series, and another one is from a special insert in Women's Day magazine. So, and and we we sort of selected this. We didn't want to get overwhelmed with all the united kingdom christmas specials but we kind of broke it down like this and I, I think maybe the game plan is you know who knows maybe another christmas in the future we'll we'll cover the rest of the united kingdom transformers christmas stories but for now we're going with the night that transformers the night the night the transformers saved christmas and then we're doing issues 41 and 93 of the UK series, which are called Christmas Breaker and The Gift. And I think I'm going to let Mike do the synopses, but I, I think what we're doing is we're going in chronological order of release date or publish date. And the night that Transformers, the night that, I keep saying that, the night the Transformers, the night the Transformers saved Christmas, was first published December 26, 1985. And... Uh, I guess it's largely uncredited. It's kind of unknown who really worked on this, but the speculation is that um, Herb Trimpey did the pencils on this particular issue. And I think what you you were kind of guessing, maybe maybe Bob Budiansky did yeah, the writing? Yeah, like Ralph Macchio or you okay. know, whoever okay. the editor was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I'll let you kind of start with the, the night the Transformers saved Christmas, and then I guess we'll we'll discuss it a little bit. Sure. It's only four pages long, but uh, you know I'll, I'll just read the summary that the TF Wiki has for it. Uh, Soundwave and Laserbeak are drawing the power away from Midville Town Square by using an energy siphon at an electrical substation. Bumblebee had previously spotted the Decepticons while on a scouting mission, so a team of Autobots arrived to chase them away. While retreating, Laserbeak knocks a tree across the road to block the Autobots' pursuit. The tree falls on the Perry's automobile. Bumblebee stops to help them, while the rest of the Autobots try to fix the substation. Little Megan tells Bumblebee that they are on their way to town to deliver Christmas presents to the needy under Midville's Christmas tree. She says that the best part is when the tree's lights are turned on. Unfortunately, due to the Decepticons' actions, power is out. After the other Autobots finish attempting repairs, they follow Bumblebee's tracks to Midville, where he is supplying power to the town Christmas tree. And that's pretty much it. I did I did like this story. I mean, you know, the art is clearly, you know, uh, you know, you, you, you do not get anything skimped on, like the backgrounds are well done. You know who all the characters are immediately. I mean, at least I did. Like, I didn't really have to see the the name roll call of all the Autobots. Like when I saw that panel of Bumblebee kind of leading the charge, it was easy for me to tell that it was, you know, Prowl, Tracks, and Hoist and everything. And I guess that kind of gave me a vague idea of when this would have been set because it, it I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I have flashbacks of Hoist hanging out with like 
Rick Springsteen and the E Street Band or whatever that was. So I'm like sitting there going, okay, well that was what issue 15 or something. So you mean, you mean the F Street Band? Yeah, the F Street Band, like what whatever the the you know the Airzots version of Bruce Springsteen was in the Transformers universe. But I so I had flashbacks of that, and then like I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, well Laserbeak and Soundwave are there. So I'm like. Wasn't Laserbeak one of the guys that got taken out by Omega Supreme in issue 19? No, he he was actually the only one who escaped. Oh, he's the only one who escaped. He, he oh, carried okay. Megatron away. Yeah. I guess I guess I was I was I was thinking on that. I go, this must have happened somewhere in between like 14 and 19. But I guess maybe I'm a little off. But I mean, th- that's where I'd speculate it kind of falls between continuity wise and everything and and again you know beyond the autobots i mean you know Soundwave and Laserbeak look like they're supposed to and everything and i you know i i will say like i did think that you know when when you think about transformers as as living beings you know i thought that bumblebee's pretty damn selfless like giving his own lifeblood to power the christmas tree because the power plant is basically out for the night and everything and like i i just i was trying to wrap my head around that from my perspective like imagine like you know i don't know alien ants that want to like celebrate some holiday you've never heard of and all you have to do is like let them siphon a little bit of your blood you know and it's like oh well you know, you're like basically, I don't know, like that just seems like, you know, that that's kind of how I framed it in my mind, maybe going to extremes. And I kind of went, man, Bumblebee's a hell of a guy. Like he's, he's a, he's a good little bot, you know? <laughs> so like, I, I kind of, you know, I mean, I know the idea is it, it's about the Christmas spirit and, you know, sort of, you know, the idea of, you know, give on to others and that kind of thing. And that's obviously well reflected even though you know it's it's a nice moment i think between the what's her name the the kid megan megan it's a nice moment between megan and bumblebee where he's like i like that panel where he's kind of hunched over and leaning over like you know she's a little girl you know and he's kind of got his hands on his knees and he's like that's a great little tradition you've got there. You know, it sounds really nice. We don't have anything like that on Cybertron. You know, and I, I kind of like that particular beat and moment. And, and also, you know, when it dawns on Bumblebee, like, oh, wait, to have this happy tradition, like, they, they have to have electricity. Like, and it's like, he knows, like, oh, like, the Decepticons, you know, fucked that up, you know? So, like, I, I thought it was nice that he went ahead and used his, his own... <laughs> you know, generator to, to power the Christmas tree for their, their celebration. It, when when Bumblebee had that little exchange for her uh, with her, I kind of thought of, like, Dragon Ball Abridged, where, uh, I forgot who it was, like, Raditz or one of them was like, you know, the Saiyans don't have a holiday like that. All we got was, like, Frieza Day. On planet Vegeta, we heard all about all the other planets that Santa would visit. We heard of the joy he brought children, of the presents, of the merriment, that I was denied! Planet Vegeta never got Christmas. No, all we got was Frieza Day. Well, what'd you get for Frieza Day? He blew our planet up. All, all we had is Megatron Day. It's like, what happens on Megatron Day, Bumblebee? He rips your head off and wears it as a necklace. <laughs> he he rips your uh, your vocal circuits out, and then you got to talk with in radio for the rest of the year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, but but like I said, this was pretty enjoyable. I I, I feel like unintentionally this was a nefarious plan because i'm i'm gonna sort of you know bury the lead here but i'm like dude prowl is in every one of these stories man like and and he, he it's like i was like it's like you couldn't plan this better for for somebody like mike who's who's a big fanboy of prowl it's like we we chose this on the basis of the idea that these were all christmas related stories and you're like what are the odds like prowl is in every single one of these stories we're covering tonight and like you know obviously he 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 comes off well like you could tell he's sort of even though he's not the one leading the the car charge or whatever you can tell he's the one kind of carrying the the leadership role and handing out the orders and everything like that so i you know i i, I thought it was a well done story it was only four pages like you said the, the thing I thought was interesting to talk about is this idea that it's published in this Americans Women's Day magazine. Like, that's so weird. Like, I, I just but, think it was a like, you know, hey, moms, buy these toys for your kids or whatever, you know. Mm, 
Yeah, because it's like one of those things where it's like a, a mother picks up Women's Day magazine, and then and then there's this extra thing in there so she can like maybe pass the magazine off to like her little boy to like keep him occupied for a few minutes. But I guess maybe what you're saying makes more sense too, is to like clue in the moms to what the the hot new toy is, right? I guess. I, I guess I'd Trans- never Transformers it. teach wholesome values. Yeah, like, you know, Christmas or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, I guess I can see that. I, I, I didn't think of it from that perspective. But, yeah, I mean, because I, I can't imagine any any mothers in 1985 going, oh, boy, the Transformers! You know, like, so I was just like, that's such a weird, you know, like, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, just anything, like, you know, like that like being mainstream in that that time frame like seems funny to me you know yeah definitely i i liked it i i I like the wiki points it out too but i noticed it as well i like how hoist kind of says at the end like oh the the humans can fix that like power station better than we ever could and i'm like that's bullshit (laughs) you fucking fix that scaffold like at that concert in like two seconds like you can fix a fucking power relay or whatever but yeah Hoist's like this this giving thing's not working out for me tracks was probably all like this is i have to go visit raul like this is taking up my precious time we need to go break dance who knows maybe raul was there like at the christmas party break dancing with all the kids and (laughs) and stuff we just we just did it did it did it did it well, I mean, yeah, like, I, I had read this before, like, because, like, you know, as soon as you hear of it, and you see it's available, and you see it's only four pages, you just kind of, you know, go like, oh, well, I might as well read this, like, I've never read it before. Yeah, but, like, yeah. I, I just, you know, it wasn't, obviously, it wasn't a much of an effort to reread it, so it was nice to revisit it. Yeah, I had, I had never read this before you suggested it, so I, I appreciate that you suggested it, and I, I thought it was a, a good little story set in a, a time period that I obviously have a lot of familiarity with and and i you know for for a four-page story it does its job and and it obviously you know kind of evokes you know the the era of marvel transformers comics that that it more than likely is is set in so i i thought it was fun nice so you want to move on to christmas breaker yeah that sounds good um just so everybody knows uh for christmas breaker this this supposedly was published three days after the night the Transformers saved Christmas. So issue 41 was has a, a published date of December 28th, 1985. The writer is James Hill, and the art is by Will Simpson. Yes, yeah, so Christmas Breaker. Uh, here's a summary. Uh, while Circuit Breaker recounts her origin and her hatred for robots, the Autobots are arranging a makeshift Christmas celebration for Buster Witwicky and the Ark. A metal Christmas tree has been constructed, Optimus Prime is wearing a Santa Claus costume, and decorations and banners are hung from the ceiling. Prowl finds the whole charade a waste of time, especially while the Decepticons are weak, and Jazz doubts the humans are capable of charity due to his recent encounter with Circuit Breaker. Realizing it's getting late, Buster has Jazz drive him to St. Petersburg, a suburb of Portland, to finish delivering his dad's Christmas presents. While children are skating on an icy pond in St. Petersburg, a young girl falls through the ice, and Circuit Breaker is nearby to rescue her. However, her appearance causes her to be attacked as a freak by the other passersby. Enraged, she flies off and stumbles upon Jazz and Buster. As she attacks Jazz, only Buster's pleas for mercy, because it is Christmas, cause her to leave. Jazz finally understands the meaning of Christmas and human goodwill. So I, I feel like this is a good opportunity for me to explain how much as a little kid I loathed Circuit Breaker. Like, I, I hated her <laughs> with the passion of a thousand fiery suns. Like, I, I think it was one of those things where, one, I... The, the, Circuit Breaker is like a prime, like, textbook picture dictionary definition of the difference between the Marvel comic and the cartoon from Sunbow, and I was heavily invested in the cartoon from Sunbow, and it was very clear in that cartoon, the Autobots were the good guys, the Decepticons were the bad guys, and 
the majority of humanity on the planet Earth knew and accepted the Autobots were the good guys and the Decepticons were the bad guys. In the Marvel comic, it was a little more gray and fuzzy, and Circuit Breaker is basically your textbook definition of that gray fuzziness. She doesn't see any distinction between Autobot and Decepticon. All she sees are a bunch of warring robots who have essentially paralyzed her, and the only way she can fight back is she's got this kind of circuitry suit thing that basically, you know, she's, she's not paralyzed when she's wearing it, and she basically becomes this kind of super-powered heroine who hangs out with Disco Beyonder and, you know, <laughs> basically, you know, runs around blowing up Transformers. And I, I think also, too, and, and this may, even though I've never seen any of them, this may reflect my discontent with treatment of Transformers maybe in the Bayformers movies too, because I think it was always off-putting to me as a kid that a human being had enough power to destroy a Transformer. Like, I, I, I couldn't fathom that, you know, especially given the Sunbow cartoon. Like, I just felt like who, you know, no, there was never any real, to me, examples of that, like, in the cartoon uh, that I can immediately think of, especially you know, when I was, you know, first watching it. So to see characters like Circuit Breaker or, you know, later I think he gets mentioned in, in the next story, you know, guys like the Robot Master or the guy that runs around with, like, Megatron as a hand cannon or the mechanic, like, all these kind of, you know, human antagonists. Like, I, I always kind of was very dismissive of them. And I, I think now, in retrospect, like, I'm, I'm not going to say, like, Circuit Breaker has won me over or anything. I still have that that innate, seething hatred of Circuit Breaker, like, in, in my heart of hearts, you know, deep, deep down. <laughs> but I can I can kind of separate how I felt as a kid and, and look at this story, you know, kind of at face value and, and see what Marvel Comics was going for back then, like, that they thought they, they were going to create this sort of breakout spin-off character from the Transformers, like maybe she would get her own comic or something like that. I, I think this story is interesting because it it almost exemplifies how she treats Transformers in that sequence where, you know, like the, 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 the kids are playing in the snow and the little girl falls through the crack in the ice and then she's the only one who can save her and 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 when she basically kind of electrocutes her back into consciousness or whatever you know kind of does like a it's like she her, her own hands are the er paddle or whatever that that bring this this little girl back to life after she's been probably like suffering from like i don't know hypothermia or something like that and immediately afterwards the, the parents and kids surrounding her like start throwing shit at her and kind of going, you freak, you probably made that, that ice, you know, melt in the first place. And, and it's funny how she has to sort of plead with them. And it's almost like, to, to me, it reminds me of like reading this, even though this, I, I don't think this is set. This is probably set too early for this to be a comeuppance, but in terms of me, reading the American comics first, like, after what she did to Superion, like, it always rubbed me the wrong way. You know, it's like, dude, like, you could have, like, unloaded on Menasaur, but you unloaded on Superion, you stupid bitch. You know, and I was always, I was always like, why did you do that? You know, like, you're, you're so wrong. And, like, what's funny is, in, in this instance, it's almost like she gets a taste of her own medicine in this story because the, the people you know, the, the parents and kids at that, you know, snow playground basically are treating her the exact same way she treats the Transformers. Like, you're just, you know, I don't care if you were trying to do something good or not. Like, well, I'm going to view you as something different. And because you're different, I will, you know, then, you know, have this this inherent hatred of what's different from me, you know? And so like that kind of, no, it kind of reminded me of like sort of X-Men where mm, it's kind of mm. like, you know, it doesn't matter that Nightcrawler like, you know, saved your kitten out of a tree. Like as soon as, you know, he puts the kitten down, they start pelting him with rocks. Right. Like, right. Because... You probably put that kitten up in the tree or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. It's cause it's cause he's got a tail and he looks, he looks devilish and has the ears and the, 
the the blue skin and and all that kind of stuff yeah so i mean i can i can definitely see that look around you this is the fruit of your labors not mine lord help me i was wrong I, I, I know you're reading the synopses from the TF wiki, and there, there was something I kind of took issue with because they, they kind of go into, like, continuity issues. And, and basically what they said is they, they say an important aspect of Circuit Breaker's character is her inability to make any distinction between the Autobots and the Decepticons, which is true, viewing them all to be one group of evil robots. In this story, however, she acknowledges there are indeed two warring factions among the Transformers. For her to make such a notion here is in complete contradiction with all her other appearances. And, like, I, I kind of call bullshit on that, because I'm kind of like, I get what they're saying. In, in like, the, the first couple panels on the second page, she talks about, no, you weren't satisfied with destroying each other, were you? No, you had to bring your conflict to Earth and endanger human life. And then we get, like, a flashback of her origin and how Tony Stark, I mean, GB Blackrock, you know, like, is at the oil field and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, and and, like... The reason why I take issue with it is just because you know there are two factions in, in an ongoing war, like, doesn't mean you don't see them all as the same enemy. Like, you know, it's it's kinda like it's kinda like saying, like, dude, if two gangs came into your house and started fighting in your backyard, it's like and you pull out your twelve gauge shotgun. It's not like you give a shit which gang is the good gang and which gang is the bad gang. It's like she just basically says, stupid gang members, get off my fucking backyard or get off my lawn or whatever. And and in this, like, she never refers to them as Autobot and Decepticon. She just says, these are two factions fighting, and they're all stupid, dumb robots, and I hate them all. And, like, it, I mean, obviously she's attacking Jazz. She never attacks any... Decepticon in this story, so I, I don't see how that contradicts her behavior at all, really. Yeah, I agree. Like, I guess, you know, in later issues, like, she kind of refuses to acknowledge the fact that, like, there are two warring factions, like, I, I, I does that famous quote she has that is probably that is ripped off someone else like in the like late Marvel US run where she says like uh you know there are no good robots and bad robots only dead robots right 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 yeah so I I I, I think she probably does know like deep down but she probably just doesn't want to it doesn't fit her narrative so she refuses well, to but, acknowledge but I, it. I I think that's a fine distinction though like Yes, she doesn't believe there's any good or bad robots. She thinks they're all bad, right? But that doesn't mean there's not two warring factions. Like, they're just both bad warring factions that she wants to fucking kill. You know, like, I, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like to her, it's like saying, dude, there are good rapists and bad rapists. And she's like, no, you know, they're all bad. And it makes sense to her. It's totally logical. And it, you know, like there's there's no such thing as as good and bad. It's just they they all need to be excised. No, I get you. What you think about like Optimus Prime dressed up as Santa? Like, <laughs> is that just because the cover has him? Like, is that is that just so that the cover <laughs> is not a lie? Like, I, I mean, guess so. Like, I guess, like, in this kind of run of issues and in the follow-up issues, they kind of deal with something that the U.S. comic didn't really deal with, which is Optimus kind of suffering from a little bit of, like, PTSD after being, like, you know, Shockwave's prisoner as a right, kid for right, so long. Right. So, I don't know, maybe he's just kind of, like, you know, so subjectable to, you know, Buster's uh, suggestions. And yeah. Even Prowl kind of mentions that, where it's like, Optimus is acting so, like, you know, stupid and weak, like, recently. Like, so, but, I, I don't know. I, I guess it was just too funny an image for them to not use. To, to not pass up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's I mean, that's, that, to me, is almost... Like, dare I say, an iconic... I mean, it's very simple, but it's it's kind of an iconic cover. Like, you you you, you know exactly, like, Father Christmas, right? And then it's it's Optimus Prime dressed up as Father Christmas. And he's even... In the cover, he's even got, like, the little fake beard that he's taking off. I mean, they didn't even really go that far 
in the in story panel. You know, it's not like you know he's got a little he's got a little beard tuft that's probably bigger than than a human being. You know, but I mean it's <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of cool because I I feel like there is some sense of continuity where like Bumblebee and Hoist and all those guys don't know what a Christmas tree is, but here it's like Buster's kind of teaching them what it is, and they're actually yeah, so hanging up like decorations in the ark so like that's that's kind of cool i mean i i yeah, that, i i like that fits, yeah yeah i the one thing i when i first read this story like years and years ago the one thing that always made me laugh about it is circuit breaker like drills a hole in the ice with their electric bolts i'm like i was like holy crap you're gonna electrocute that girl before you can even like rescue her from drowning <laughs> like but. yeah Maybe 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 the parent made good sense. It's like hey, you you set this up in the first place, you crazy bitch. Yeah, I do I do like people tend to criticize it, but I do like Will Simpson's art. Like it's kind of I don't know. It's not like um, I think it's Jeff Anderson uh, who has like the sort of serviceable but like kind of bland art. But like Will Simpson, I think adds a little bit of like personality into it at least. Yeah like, yeah I can see that. I mean it's it's very. I, I don't know how to, you know, describe it exactly, but I mean, I, I feel like it, it comes from that almost like Brian Hitch school where people are very expressive. They, they, they have kind of, you know, interesting layouts with lighting and everything, you know, like when the girl first drowns or some of the shots of like Circuit Breaker in her kind of, you know, Ben Grimm, you know, hat and, and, and trench coat outfit or whatever, like where she's having the whole flashbacks to her origin and stuff. Like, I, I like all those things. Or even even Buster when he, you know, it's like Jazz doesn't know how to drive in the weather, you know, so then they, they skid out and he transforms and Buster probably gets, you know, concussed or who knows what. But like, you know, it's like, it's like even those shots, like, are, are they, you know, they, like you said, they certainly have a, a personality to them and, and they evoke a certain mood and tone. So yeah. again, I, I, I don't have any, I, to be honest, I mean, I, I don't have any strong criticism of the art. Like I, I kind of enjoy the art. I mean, I, I can see where people might go, that doesn't look like Soundwave or, you know, like people being <laughs> like, they are, you know, but but I I don't have any I, I could kind of recognize everybody and you know, maybe you could make the argument, you know, he probably enjoys drawing the human figures better than the robots, but I, I still like what was there. I bet he enjoys drawing circuit breaker better than anyone, yeah. Yeah, the some of those shots with the little the little butt cracks in the back there, like <laughs> I was kinda like, Oh, that's interesting. Like and 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 they do kind of set up how kind of you know nutball she is because she's having like visions of shockwave in the in the snow and stuff like because she's she's seeing things you know so that's yeah. yeah I mean I think it's it's funny that like she like shockwave is the one who crippled her but she doesn't really get to like have any payback against him until like the very end of like the Marvel run yeah the Decepticon yeah. like Civil War is happening. Well, I, I think that's what infuriated me so much about her. It was like, it was the Septicon who basically caused her condition, and she hated everyone and took it out on mostly Autobots throughout the entire run of Transformers comics until that very last part. And it was almost like by happenstance that the stars align just right for that to happen. You know, like, yeah. like that's so weird. And then, and, and like we were saying before, I mean, obviously Circuit Breaker did not spin out into her own comic, even though they were having a guest star in Secret Wars 2. But even even in that run, like, I, I remember how they were touting, like, oh, yeah, Circuit Breaker and the Neo Knights. Like, that's going to be, like, a new book or something. Yeah. And that never really well, You know what? It's like, either. like uh, something I've always kept in my back pocket is, like, well, if... If Marvel is not going to let, like, you know, IDW or Hasbro ever use Circuit Breaker again, then I'm like, why don't, why doesn't Marvel use her somewhere? And I was like, if I ever write Iron Man, I'm going to, like, make Circuit Breaker an Iron Man villain. Villain? Like, you know, GB Blackrock and Tony Stark are basically the same guys. Oh, yeah, I, I totally was like, dude, you know, it was like when they were trying to separate the Transformers and G.I. Joe from the Marvel Universe, you know, and I was like... But, but, you know, 
uh, obviously, yeah, like Spider-Man showed up in the third issue, but like, dude, you could totally see like, oh, that that was supposed to be Tony Stark, but then they just changed his name around and everything. So yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I've always been like, why don't yeah, why didn't they ever do that? Or like, someone should do that eventually. Like, I think that would be kind of cool. But I mean, d- despite my my self-professed hatred for circuit breaker like if they did some kind of retro thing where circuit breaker was made into like a marvel legend like i would totally be like oh, yes <laughs> that's so cool wow. you know like yeah. you know well, like, like yeah. it's Has- hasbro makes marvel legends so you yeah know, yeah like they could like you know you can use this in your transformers or your marvel collection right right so, right yeah but or, I mean, they could even make her the, like, 3.75 scale. Yeah, They'll yeah, probably yeah. make her a little more, like, close to Transformer size, but I don't know. Oh, well. You know, wishful thinking, I guess. I mean, I guess the only other thing I'd say about this story, and, like, I guess about the next story, too, is uh, the writer James Hill. Like, he's kind of one of the rare people in the UK comic who isn't Simon Furman, who wrote, like, several issues. And he's he's pretty good. He keeps everyone, yeah, yeah. you know, in character, and there's some, you know, good dialogue, and, you know... He's written some of, like, the ne- the follow-up stories, which I'm sure one day, like, I'll remember, like, to get you guys to read for the... or reread for another Transformers Tuesdays. is one of my, like, favorite, like, Marvel UK stories, uh, Crisis of Command, which is, you know, I think he co-writes it with someone, but, like, it's one of my favorite, like, non-Simon Furman Marvel stories. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 think, I think the follow-up stories are good as well, yeah. So you want to move on to The Gift? Yeah, sure. So The Gift has a cover date of December 27th, and this is a year later in 1986. And like we've been talking about, the writer is James Hill, and the pencils are by Martin Griffiths. And here is the summary for The Gift. Buster Witwicky is spending the Christmas holidays studying for a test on the American War of Independence, when he is disturbed first by a news report on recent Transformer activity at a Black Rock facility in Portland, and then by the appearance of Jetfire at his window. Jetfire wants to discuss his recent contrasting behavior. The Autobots learned that the Decepticons had taken over a NASA facility, and Jetfire was assigned as backup to Prowl and Trailbreaker. He arrived to find them locked in combat with Dirge and Kickback while Soundwave transmitted a message to the Decepticons on Cybertron. Ignoring Prowl's orders to stop Soundwave, he instead tried to help his comrades, but the Decepticons easily evaded his attack and fled, possibly having completed the transmission. Jetfire explains that he was also present at the incident in Portland. He and Jazz were supervising a shipment of Transformer fuel when they were ambushed by Thrust and Bombshell. The Autobots were quickly overcome, and Blackrock realized that a fire started during the battle was in danger of starting a chain reaction and filling the atmosphere with toxic chemicals that would kill thousands. Hearing this, Jetfire easily defeated the Decepticons and put out the fire with the contents of a water tank. Jetfire feels that he reacts better when humans are in danger than when fellow Autobots are, because he was created on Earth and thinks he would betray his comrades to help them. Buster tells him that Optimus Prime values his outlook on life and he should be proud of it, saying his words are his Christmas gift to him. The end. So, I really like Jetfire because, more than likely, I still have shiny new toy syndrome in regards to him, and he has been in some of my favorite Transformers cartoons. So, and and I did enjoy this story but to get the bad stuff out of the way first the cover totally lied to me galvatron's not in this comic book (laughs) yeah and then the other thing that i want to get out of the way that i think is bad is who the hell has to study for a test at school on christmas day because they're going to school the day after christmas (laughs) nobody no nobody so this is like wrong i also like that buster had to specify it was the american war of independence because we live in america like not the united kingdom yeah. <laughs> he's uh, like he should he should have been like i have to study ab- about those goddamn colonial scum that <laughs> away from- oh, okay. oh wait i mean no i mean they were totally justified uh, 
uh, yeah, but that I just wanted to get. I did enjoy this story. I think it's nice, but I just wanted to get some of those things out of the way first because that's that's kind of wrong and stuff. But I mean, I do I do like you know like Jetfire, Skyfire, whatever you know is 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 definitely one of my favorite Transformers. Like I think he's cool. I I think this harkens back to you know obviously this this is really entrenched in that early u.s marvel continuity you know it, it's it deals with buster witwicky it deals with him having you know essentially creating Jetfire, and then it, it's almost interesting like Jetfire has an almost you know v'ger decker kind of relationship with buster where it's like you are my creator like you can totally tell me like you know why i act the way i act and stuff like that i i i do want to say that I find the the pencils by Martin Griffiths interesting. Like I, I it's funny because you know how like late in the run when Andy Wildman used to draw Transformers a little more personified, a little more human, where they had like you know teeth and spittle yeah. and all that stuff, and and he, he was trying to make them a bit more human. And I, I found it interesting in this where it, it it's almost a similar yet completely alien approach where it's like every time Jetfire and like prowl and different guys had their mouths hanging open you could see all the circuitry inside their mouth like and i i just thought that was kind of interesting because i can't remember too many instances where i've seen it portrayed like that but i did i did yeah. think that was that, that seems like completely taken from the u.s marvel comic because i i can remember yeah scenes of megatron like talking and you'd see like the circuits down his throat mm -hmm. or down his like mouth or whatever like i think in like the joey slick issue oh. like marvel 13 and i don't know various other issues but yeah i guess it's been it's been so long since i've i've read all those but yeah that's i'm glad you're you're here to bring up the connection to it, but it's like there's. I think so. even in that in the robot master issue, um, there's a when you know when Megatron's kind of frozen in that coal mine or whatever, and then yeah. Soundwave comes to rescue him and he like refuels him, and there's this one panel of Megatron like reawakening and he's like Megatron functions and his mouth is like wide open and he's got like this weird like grate or something in his mouth and past the grate you can see like all these circuits inside it yeah so. That's probably like what I remember, like in regards to that. Yeah, and then and then I guess this takes place after like a, a much more famous UK storyline. I mean, this takes place post Target 2006, so like a lot of the Autobots are still recovering after their encounter with Galvatron for the first time. So there's that. I mean, I guess that's maybe why Galvatron's on the cover. They at least mention him by name, if not visually in flashback. You know, despite me kind of crying foul at the cover you know he is <laughs> were you hoping this was a gonna be a story about galvatron learning the value of christmas yeah yeah like you know like skeletor did in the the he-man christmas special <laughs> oh, oh i i don't think i feel well well i think you're feeling the christmas spirit skeletor it makes you feel good well i don't like to feel good i like to feel evil oh galvatron's like zarek Christmas is uh, wonderful, you know. <laughs> it's like you know, let's let's celebrate. It's like, it's like who will celebrate Christmas? <laughs> it's like me, <laughs> you know, like that, that kind of thing. But yeah, no, I, uh, you know, whatever. Like the the cover is very nice, obviously. Like you you get the idea, but it's it's almost like you know they're they're sort of setting up like look how he's villainous and he's the bad guy. Like he's he's literally like fusion cannoning christmas trees on the cover you know like where he's like clearly the bad guy and stuff um but you know the the um you know it, it, it's funny because i think that the the one thing about this that that i might say distinguishes it from some of the other stories is i i feel like the connection to christmas is kind of tenuous and they could have got rid of it and the story still would have worked just fine if that makes any sense yeah like maybe they were like sitting on this story and they just decided to because it's like it they, they decided it was on christmas day and then you know it's like it's like even the tree that's decorated like at the witwicky house like it's not a christmas tree it's just like 
any old fucking tree with like Christmas lights around it. Like I, I don't know. Like it, it just you know, it, it, it seemed a little sort of like tacked on, I guess, you know, that that portion of it. Well the the very fact that like you said that Buster has to study for a test makes me think that they reworked something or you know, maybe they, they, they were like this was just a one off story and they were like, Hey, let's just use this for our Christmas issue and we'll just throw in a reference to Christmas and right. Yeah, like you know what I, I I do like this story because you don't often see references to the fact that Jetfire is like a newborn or like you know yeah. born on Earth like it, and like I can remember like later like U.S. issues where they 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 kind of treat it like Jetfire was like from Cybertron where he yeah. makes like references yeah. to Cybertron and I'm kind of like don't you remember like no but like I think this is kind of a rare thing and. And like you said, it's also a rare thing for Jetfire to acknowledge that Buster is basically the one who like gave him life. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know. Speaking of that, like I, I, I was saying how I have these issues with the TF Wiki stuff. Like this ties into what you were just talking about. Like the TF Wiki basically says. Buster says that Jetfire is the first of a generation of Terran Transformers, when in fact the Constructicons were activated before him. And, like, that's, like, Linkara levels of stupid to me, because I'm kind of like, dude, like, you know what he's saying. Like, you know, it's like, fine, like, Jetfire was created in issue 13 or 12 or whatever, and, or 11, whatever it was, and, and the Constructicons were created in issue 10. Like, so <coughs> what? Like, it's generation, like, they don't have to be, like, you know, it's like, what, like, the, the Constructicons are a different generation than Jetfire by, like, what, an issue? Like, I, I think that's a little <laughs> fucking nitpicky, like, like yeah. it, it's like, dude, like, they're, they're the same, you know, like, they're, they're, they're both, you know, created on Earth, and, and therefore, they may or may not, you know, it's interesting, because as an Autobot, like, Jetfire obviously has more noble intentions and everything, but he also kind of notes about himself how how he perceives a stronger connection to human life than, than Autobot life, almost like he has a perspective that is more human-centric than Transformer-centric, which is interesting. And, and I, I almost harbor a guess that the Constructicons would not have that perspective, even though they were quote-unquote, created on Earth, you know? Like, so, I, I mean, I, I think that definitely applies more to, you know, the, the heroic characters or the protagonists than the antagonists at, at any rate. Yeah. Like I said, it's kind of... I'm sure it just simply got lost in the scramble to promote the next newest toys or whatever, but it's a shame that, like, Jetfire didn't get more of this kind of, like, you know, exploration of that, like, mm -hmm. aspect of his character... Like, I yeah, because you know, this, this, by this point, I mean, he was kind of almost on his way of being phased out, right? Yeah, yep. Because, I mean, by this point, if you had, like, Ultra Magnus and, and Galvatron on the shelves, like, I, I'm pretty sure Jetfire was yeah. gone from the shelves by that point. I think, like, after Target 2006 and this story, like, he just kind of appears in group shots, and then, you know, up until, you know, uh underbase saga yeah like, i was gets thinking offline like, like by star that's yeah. the end of him yeah, yeah so yeah. no but like yeah like i said i like this story like it's 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 a one-off you know it, it 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 deals with a character that doesn't get a lot at least in the comic like didn't get a lot of like uh focus but um you know what might be fun to discuss because we we like to go into all these real world things in these kind of comics made to sell toys to little kids things but like you, you know the moment when when thrust basically like nukes gv blackrock's energon plant that they're basically giving you know how they're he's telling the flashback about how you know and jazz were there and everything like if you look at that first panel it's like okay gv blackrock's there and there's one two three there's five scientists in that panel. So at the very least, there's six people there, if not more. And then when Thrust opens fire and you see all the wreckage, I mean, clearly we don't see any dead bodies per se, but it says that Jazz <coughs> shielded GV Blackrock, but it doesn't look like anybody else 
made it out. Do you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. I, I start wondering, like, does that mean, like, they killed, like, those five guys that worked for GV? Like, isn't that almost incentive to, like, not give energy to the Autobots because you yeah. might die at any moment because the Decepticons are trying to, like, rip you off or something? Like, that yeah. That was something I thought might be fun to sort of discuss interpretations of. I mean, conceivably, you don't see it. So my thing has always been... If, yeah, that's, you, that, that would if, you, be, if you don't see it on screen, you know, it's potentially it didn't happen. It, it, you could also infer that that since you only see GV Blackrock, then he's the only one who made it out. See, there's a like an actual compelling and convincing reason to say like the Autobots are dangerous, like for Circuit Breaker. It's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, just just being involved with them makes you a target and well yeah you become you become collateral damage in their war right like that's that's yeah. something that that is a pitfall of of allying yourself with one faction or the other you know you know what i was gonna laugh about too it's like with this like uh, it's with so many characters and whatnot unless the plot revolves around it usually like some characters like their abilities and their strengths are kind of like either forgotten about or ignored so i was kind of like trailbreaker you have a force field like why are you getting like your ass beat by, like dirge like <laughs> maybe maybe the uh the no prize would be you know he's still recovering from getting his ass whooped by galvatron so maybe he doesn't <laughs> yeah. can't generate the force field right now even though they They've sent him back into the front lines or something. Yeah, I like uh, I like uh, Prowl yelling at Jetfire too, where he's like, "You right. dumbass!" Like, of course, Kickback was gonna <laughs> shrink down and like avoid you. Like, yeah, I figured I figured you'd get a kick out of that. And then again, like, like Prowl does make an appearance in in all three of these stories, and this it's not like we pre-planned this or anything. It just just sort of magically worked out that way that not only is this a, a Christmas showcase of Transformers episodes, but it is a Prowl showcase of episodes as well. Yeah. I mean, he's a jerk, but he's, he's my jerk basically. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I can, I can, I can, uh, I can forgive him that. Yeah. But, but yeah. So, I mean, I think that's more or less all I have to say about like any of these issues and, I mean, I like that. I, I like that they kept like a, a Christmas tradition, like for for the entire. I think for the entire run of the UK comic, they had at least some kind of Christmas story, like every year. Yeah, that's that's interesting because I, I feel like it reminds me of the tradition they currently have going with like the the revival Doctor Who series, where they always have a Christmas special, and and I I kind of find that both endearing and comforting, you know, like that it's it's like one of those things where you you look forward to it like oh there's the there's the transformers christmas special or oh there's the the doctor who christmas special like i i kind of like that stuff just because i you know it's funny like i i I forget if i've ever mentioned this on the show before but there there were periods in my life where i was just you know a solo guy living by myself in an apartment and and there were times where i couldn't go home to visit my family or, or see friends or anything during the holidays so sometimes the way I would spend Christmas day would be to sit around and watch like holiday nights or, you know, the, the justice league episode where they make snow angels or whatever, or Charlie Brown Christmas or endless waltz or what, what have you, you know? So, so like, you know, and it it might be something fun where you'd sit down and just read these transformers UK stories, you know, at Christmas or whatever is some kind of tradition or, or anything. So, you know, if, if you haven't ever checked these out, like, you know, and, and you enjoy Transformers, you know, I definitely give them a look They're They're certainly, you know, b- besides, you know, the, the original UK issues, they're certainly reprinted in, in a various number of avenues. They've got those, those old Titan collections that they had, and they've got like the, the classics volumes and all that stuff from IDW. So there's a good number of, of ways you can you can find these so it's not like they're hard to come by these days not not like they were in the old yeah. days where you were like these strange magazine sized comics <laughs> so many pages. the slightly less than old days when they were just you had to look for like pages on the internet that like scanned all of them and Under... that was the only way you could possibly read them yeah I'm trying to remember, like, on your Angel Fire dial-up connection. Yeah, exactly, yep. And stuff, yeah. 
Yeah, awesome, awesome. All right, well, this is going to wrap up our, our Christmas episode for this year. So, again, we're wishing all our listeners uh, a Merry Christmas. And if you've liked listening to Transformers Tuesdays, please consider checking out all of our spin-off shows, such as Toku Thursdays, Sentai Saturdays, Mobile Suit Mondays, Big in Japan, where we talk about anime, comic books, motherfucker, do you read them, and the Fanholes podcast proper. You can email us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. We're on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. You can find us on all kinds of social media, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we appreciate all the retweets, the the hearts, the likes, the shares, the notes, all that good stuff. We, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate the comments, even if we don't always get to them all the time or, or we get to them much later because we record these way, way in advance. So, you know, if you haven't heard anything that you've written to us in a while, you know, stick it out. And I'm sure you'll eventually hear it spoken out here on air. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek W.C., Signing off. Merry Christmas. Hey, it's Mike. Signing off. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Bottle of rum. Deck the halls with Jetfire's... <laughs> Mommy, buy me this Jetfire toy. Oh, sorry. Like, he's been phased out, Junior. It's even worse for like the UK people. Like Jetfire wasn't even released in the UK, I think. Mm. You're like, mommy, buy me this Galvatron that blows up Christmas trees. <laughs> yeah, we need to write the holiday special where Galvatron oh, yeah, writes yeah. the the magic of Christmas. We will celebrate Christmas. May. <laughs> and Cyclonus and like Scourge have like Santa cap or elf caps on. They're like. Sweet. Mighty Galvatron, we must <laughs> deliver the presents. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Those presents have been taken out of your hands, Defensor. <laughs> it's like uh, Ultra Magnus and Rodimus are like watching Galvatron in the sweep. Like like Galvatron <laughs> has like a fucking like sleigh like fight with all the sweeps like dragging and stuff. It's like flying. It's, it's like, like faster. It's like, it's like Onus has a glowing red uh, 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 <laughs> nose cone. Nose cone. <laughs> And he's at the front of the front of the sleigh. <laughs> on Cyclonus, on Scourge, on thing one, sweeps thing one, two, two three. three, and four. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually sweep five. Yeah, who said that? Yeah, <laughs> I killed uh, people. Uh, dumped like them in the one. lava. <laughs> he shoots one of them out of the like formation. <laughs> Like, Galvatron, save me! (laughs) This stuff is gold, Larry. It's like, I I just imagine them, like, Ultra Magnus and Rodimus, like, watching Galvatron, like, fly around, like, in the sleigh, and Ultra Magnus is like, Rodimus, are we going to do something about this? And Rodimus would just be like, nah, like... like, Just let him go. Yeah, we're better off just leaving this alone. Yeah. Uh.